listening to Superpower Curiosity with Dr. Richard Gillette. And I'm Molly Ruth, producer for the podcast. In Season 1 of Superpower Curiosity, we're delving into how to get beyond divisiveness and why we feel awesome when we do. To read all about this, check out Richard's recent book, It's a Freaking Mess, How to Thrive in Divisive Times. This is a special episode of Superpower Curiosity, featuring a discussion I had with Richard himself. Richard is a number one best-selling author, renowned psychiatrist, and international keynote speaker. So pour yourself a cuppa and step into the curiosity room with us. Richard, welcome to the Curiosity Room. Thank you, Molly. It's a pleasure to be here. And I really like the name Curiosity (laughs) Room. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited about all of the amazing conversations that we have planned for this space coming up. Yeah, me too. Yep. Awesome. So this season of Superpower Curiosity focuses on how we get beyond divisiveness. And it's really based on your book, It's a Freaking Mess, How to Thrive in Divisive Times. So what was your impetus for writing this book? So yeah, Molly, my impetus for writing this book all came one morning at two o'clock. I was awake and my mind was churning with all the inflammatory news that I'd heard on TV the night before. I was lying awake for hour after hour. I was restless, worried, exasperated, and I came to a decision. I thought, okay, I'm going to research and hopefully find the steps that I need to take to get through but not just to get through, but to feel good and to and to be more effective while living through these times of division, divisiveness. So my book was the result of this research. And I honed it by testing out every solution on myself and on my willing friends. And uh, ultimately, um, I got feedback from my friends and feedback from um, people on my website. And so this book is is based on these ideas. And that's how it all started. Great. And it seems people have been really receptive. And you mentioned you were engaging people along the way, it has great reviews. It's the number one bestseller. How's that been? Yeah, I'm really happy with the response. I, I think there's many of us that are so upset with all the divisiveness in this country, divisiveness in this world, who are just hoping for something better, who want to feel better, and who want to live in a less divided country. And what about the title? You think people really just jibe with, it's a freaking mess, something (laughs) maybe a lot of people can relate to? I think people do relate to it. There have been a lot of polls out on asking people about divisiveness. And 
they show that more than 90% of Americans believe that the country is severely divided in politics and race. Um, and this upsets people on both sides of the spectrum. And so that's the thing that draws people together. They think, oh, no, this, this mess is not working. It's not working in terms of getting things done in government because it's stalemate everywhere. And it's not working because everyone's upset. So many people are upset. So people are looking for something. They, they are, they, I think they jive with it's a freaking mess because a lot of people feel it's a freaking mess and they wish it wasn't. So, I wish it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> but then how do we get out of it? I mean, I think people feel really powerless right now against all of the divisiveness that we see. So what do we do? Yeah, well, this is exactly what the podcast is about. We have a podcast episode actually later on called Decide What Is Within Your Own Power. And the reason that that's so important is that there are certain things we can change and certain things we can't change. One thing that we can do is change our own internal response. And that I'll, I'll speak more about later. For example, when I was lying there angry, uh, it wasn't just that it was a freaking mess out there in the world. It was a freaking mess in my own mind, too. And the anger that I had was not helping me. It was not helping the situation. And so that's the one thing that I could change. And so part, part of the book is on, okay, and part of the podcast is how do we change our own internal response so that we don't have to suffer? And my contention is that if we don't suffer, it actually makes us more effective at doing things that are useful. So I hear a lot people saying, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. But what I'm hearing you say is you don't actually have to engage in anger in order to engage in the subject yeah i i don't agree with that that if you're not angry you're not paying attention because there are many ways of paying attention and actually anger usually reduces our capacity for attention and the reason is that when we're angry our attention is focused yes it's focused on how bad the other person is which means we can't hear what the person's saying. We can't, we get, we're only looking for what's wrong with that person. Our attention is focused on the uh, awfulness, if you like, of the other <laughs> side. And that is not useful for listening. Mm. And so it, it, it's a very narrowed attention. It's a sharp, narrowed attention. And that is not necessarily helpful. Is there any situation where anger is useful? Yes, if you're being chased by a lion, <laughs> your, your anger and your fear are really useful. The fear helps you run away faster, or the anger helps you fight stronger. And so in, in those physical situations, fear and anger are really useful. And also, I, I think there's also use, usefulness in anger 
Okay, so let's say a, a politician does something and, and we're upset and we're angry. Um, the anger is giving us a message. And so short term, the anger can be a useful message. Okay, this is something that I need to do something about, either internally in myself or externally. Uh, but the message is strong. So I want to listen to this message. If we hang on to the anger, then we've got some problems, uh, both personal <laughs> and if we express that anger to other people. So personal problems uh, from anger is that, oh, I should say, um, we feel bad. I mean, most people don't enjoy long-term anger. It just it doesn't feel good. Uh, it damages our sleep. It affects our health. People with chronic anger actually live uh, a shorter life than people who don't. This has been shown many, many times statistically. So anger damages our health and actually uh, kills us more earlier than we would die otherwise. So, um, yeah, not good for us personally. And in terms of communication with others, I don't know about you, but if someone is really angry with me and is communicating to me very angrily, it's very hard to listen. It just is, because what do I want to do? I want to defend myself. <laughs> and that is the human reaction. If you attack, the person is going to defend themselves. Attack creates defense, or attack creates attack back. And so uh, communication is not usually very effective. So yeah, short term can be useful. Uh, long term, not so useful. So when I think about anger, I think a lot. Uh, a lot of my friends would think that their anger is righteous. <laughs> is there such a thing as righteous anger, um, or, or you know, can can anger? be more of a passion uh how how would you address that okay so the way i think of it is this that uh there's a difference between a righteous cause so let's say you have what you think is a righteous cause or what i might think is a righteous cause and let's say it's my righteous cause is is that there should be more equity for people in a country. And uh, that is different from having righteous anger. I have righteous anger. My anger is focused on the people who I think are preventing what I want, which is equity. So it's focused on them, the bad guys. If I am passionate about what I want, then my passion is focused on how do we get to greater equity? So one's positive and the, other, and the other's negative in the sense of against the other. And uh, so if you like, it's a difference between passion and anger. So my passion can be for something that I think is good, as opposed to being against the people who I think are stopping what I think is good. Well, in the last podcast, you mentioned some of the feelings of elevated cohesion. Can you say a little more about that? 
Yeah. Um, so one of the things I, I talked about is, is that uh, there are two broad kinds of feelings. There are the feelings that are related to fight and flight, fear and anger. And uh, I'm just going to zoom through a few of these. Uh, so anger-related feelings like irritation, indignation, dislike, contempt, frustration, exasperation, outrage, and fear feelings like, or fear-related feelings, I should say, like worry, unease, restlessness, mistrust, alarm, foreboding, dread. So those are all examples of of fear and anger-related feelings. The problem with those feelings is that they do not feel good. And once again, uh, to have them for a moment uh, may be a useful warning for us or useful information for us, but if we live with those feelings, they don't feel good. So the other group of feelings, what I'm calling the elevated feelings, are all related to cohesion, uh, feeling of oneness with others or connection with others. And, (coughs) excuse me, uh, examples of those are contentment, calmness, inspiration, gratitude, wonder, joy, awe, compassion, care, love, kindness, curiosity. So all those all those kinds of feelings are very pleasant to have. So part of what I'm doing both in the book and the podcast is, okay, how do we get from one to the other? How do we get from these feelings that we really don't like to live in to this, uh, these feelings that are really wonderful to have? Feel good. I mean, everyone wants to feel good. So how do we get from one to the other? And one of the things that's, that's difficult about that is, is that a lot of things in our culture are, are trying to take us the other way. So, for instance, uh, the media. I mean, I'm sure you must have experience of mm-hmm. what the media sometimes do. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> How do we protect ourselves from this divisiveness that's portrayed in the media? I do have a podcast episode later on on this. There are various things we can do to protect ourselves. Uh, We can change the amount of news we take in, the timing of the news that we take in, and the style of the news we take in. And people who've um, done this, taken these steps, tell me that even just doing that, that's something we really can control. I was saying some things we can control, some things we can't. We can control how much news we take in and how we take it in and the form we take it in. And so just doing that alone makes people so much, feel so much better. Yeah. And one thing that I notice about uh, the news is that one of the evergreen topics is, in the U.S. especially is party politics and they sort of feed into each other. Um, so how do we protect ourselves from more specifically the the party politics aspect and how divisive things are right now? One of the things that I think 
really helps is to understand what the politician is trying to do. And in most cases, the politician is trying to do one of two things. They're trying to get you fearful or they're trying to get you angry. And they're trying to get you fearful of what the enemy, the other side, have done or will do. And they're trying to get you angry about what the other side has done or might do. And so it's really useful to uh, almost take a, um, a view from a distance, if you like, and say, okay, what is this person trying to do? And there's various signs, like uh, sometimes politicians are overtly hostile and, and just are, are ang- overtly angry. You can see it in their faces in, and um, their fists might even be clenched and, and so on. Um, that's not so common, but it, it certainly happens. And then there's the name calling. If they start calling the, the enemy uh, by dirty names or attacking names, uh, you know that's part of the game. And then there's attacking the character of the person who's putting forward the policy rather than the policy itself. As soon as you see that, you know, okay, this is another game that's being played. In other words, you, you're watching for these games. And uh, then there's uh, various forms of, of contempt. So that kind of energy, you, you know you're being played with. And so recognizing all these ways in which you're played with is, is actually helpful because it takes you out of responding in the way that the politicians want you to respond in, which is to be angry and upset. So that's, you know, so much the game of politics and seeing through the game is really helpful. The other thing that uh, in all these things, whether it's hostility or name calling or contempt, with all these things, they are basically otherizing the other side. So talk a little bit more about otherizing. That's come up in the podcast quite a few times. Is it the same as dehumanizing? Does everyone otherize? What's the deal? Well, (laughs) dehumanizing is, as the name says, is basically turning somebody into something that isn't human. So an example would be in Rwanda, in the genocide times, the two sides called each other cockroaches. That's dehumanization. And in the Second World War, the uh, United States showed pictures of the Japanese who they were fighting as monkeys. And so the soldiers were shown pictures of these monkey-like creatures um, because that made it easier to, to kill them. Otherization is not quite as extreme as that. It is turning a person into another, an other, I should say, who is not completely dehumanized, but is less worthy of kindness and compassion and respect than you are. So basically, it's it's a differentiation process of 
making a person lower on the scale of humanity than you are or than we are. So is prejudice the same thing as otherizing? Prejudice always involves otherizing. So with prejudice, we consider another person or another group lower than us. We otherize them. We make them different from us, and that difference in our minds makes them lower than us. Right, and we have an episode coming up on that, right? Do you want to give a little preview? We certainly do. Yes, we certainly do. Yeah. I actually had a had a, um, a a wonderful experience. I was on a subway in New York City. And I was sitting opposite a man. Uh, and as I was watching him, I thought, this guy looks very morose, very sad. And I started to form judgments about this guy. And I caught myself doing this. And I said to myself, hey, Richard, what are you doing? You don't know anything about this guy. You don't know anything about his life. You don't know anything. What are you doing? And so then I deliberately tried to uh, look at what he and I had in common. And so I, I focused on... Uh, various attributes that we had that would be in common. So, for instance, uh, I imagined that he liked to laugh. I imagined that uh, he had people that were very important to him, who he loved. I imagined that he, uh, as I did, enjoyed respect and kindness. I imagined that he enjoyed good food and so on. And as I was doing this, I realized that I felt happier. And as I felt happier, imperceptibly to me, I must have smiled a little. And as I smiled a little, this guy looked up and he smiled. This guy who I judged as morose and sad. <laughs> <laughs> and it was, it was very powerful for me because I thought, wow. Right at the beginning, I had prejudice against this this guy, I was forming judgments in my mind for no good reason. And as soon as I focused on the commonality of our humanity, it evaporated. And I just felt so um, connected to him and happier myself. And to me, Yes, you mentioned that there's in the podcast and, and that there's also a, a, a wonderful exercise. How do we find the commonality with people that uh, we judge as different? That's beautiful. And and I, I think it's great that it, it can work with a total stranger. But also, like, what if you're having prejudice or judgment or bad feelings towards someone that you do know? Maybe someone in your family that has a very different political opinion, for instance. Can you still use that same approach? You certainly can. And I have tested this out both on myself and uh, recommend it to others who have tried it out and have told me it really does work. Mm-hmm. And the essence is to, is to focus on, yes, the common ground. So you, maybe you have 
totally different political opinions. And maybe you really think their political opinions are awful. <laughs> and they probably think the same about your political opinions. Okay, that's that's one aspect. Now, how much of that, how much of that total person is is their political view? In other words, what percentage of that total person is the political view? I know it's impossible to answer that question, but it's not very much. When you think of everything there is in that person, all their experience, their life experience, their what's in their minds, what's in their bodies, and and if we, instead of focusing on the difference, the, the one difference, we focus on, okay, what do, what do I have in common with this person? That's very powerful. And also, uh, what do I actually like about this person? If I'm not focused on the, the bit that I hate, which is, the, which is the different political view, what do I like about this person? What qualities does this person have? What are the best qualities this person has? And I've seen people uh, go to a Thanksgiving dinner, which they were dreading, and take this approach and, and, and find that things were just transformed. So, yeah, there are, there are ways of uh, changing things. And uh, there's a, there are a lot more. Um, that's, that's one. <laughs> yeah. So, last question. Yeah. This podcast is called Superpower Curiosity. And this season is about overcoming divisiveness. So what's the connection between overcoming divisiveness and curiosity? Well, curiosity actually is the antidote to divisiveness. So it's not the only antidote, but it is a very powerful antidote. So let's say someone comes up with an idea you really disagree with. Okay, the judgment might be, he's an idiot. The statement of curiosity might be, I wonder why he thinks that. Um, or let's say you're responding to a political act of violence that kills people. Your statement of judgment might be, they're just terrorists, they should be exterminated. Your statement of curiosity might be, I wonder why they are so angry. And here's the point that in each situation, uh, curiosity leads to the possibility of greater understanding. If you just have the judgment, that, that's it. There's nowhere to go. And if you express that judgment, the other person is going to judge you back. Anger leads to anger back or anger leads to defense. Um, in some cases, you, by the very fact that you wonder why he thinks that, or that you wonder why she did that, uh, that statement of curiosity can be a, a question that leads to a wonderful dialogue. So while judgment, you know, is... Uh, a declaration of derision and separation um, and turns the other into an inferior being, um, curiosity is opening. So curiosity opens and, and judgment shuts. So, yeah, curiosity is, is 
wonderful to develop a great antidote to divisiveness. Thank you, Richard. I'm really glad we got to chat. And I'm really looking forward to when you are in the driver's seat for our upcoming conversations with a whole host of wonderful guests. I am looking forward to that too, Molly. And thank you, Molly, for this conversation too. I enjoyed it. And I am also looking forward to the future episodes. It's exciting. So glad you could join us in the Curiosa Tea Room on this episode of Superpower Curiosity with Dr. Richard Gillette. We want to hear what you think, and we're also putting together listener questions for upcoming episodes. So if you have a question or comment for Richard, you can send an email and or voice memo to superpowercuriosity at gmail.com. It also helps us out a lot if you rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Stay tuned to this feed, listen on to hear episode three on how emotions, money, and votes get all tangled up. Episode four is scheduled to come out in two weeks, so subscribe now to make sure you catch Richard's take on how divisive emotions can save or ruin your life. Till next time, stay curious! Stay curious!